Welcome to Venture Together. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Aaron. Join us as we do life, business, and love together. Happy New Year! Happy New Year 2020, new decade. Yay! So exciting. It is very exciting. We've been MIA. We have been. A little bit. That's okay, but you know why? We're waiting till the 12th day of the month. When it really counts, everyone's so yeah. motivated and pumped January 1st. I'm going to change about, change the world. By the 12th, you might have... We're over it. Maybe you're slacking now. We hope not, but you might be slacking. Are you going to do like, click, share? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Venture Together Podcast. Please like, click, and share this podcast. <laughs> 2020. That's how we get subscribers. <laughs> you like that? Interesting voice. <laughs> it's my radio ad voice. So the new year, it's so exciting. There's Beautiful. like so much positive energy. Everyone's on this like really high vibrational force of like, I'm going to take on the new decade and be new the best decade. version of myself. And I support it and I love it. Um, but I think we all have to be honest. The lawyer and me says, <laughs> Let, let's be real and have a conversation about how this actually goes and like how this plays out in your mind. So I think it would be a fun conversation to evaluate kind of how we do our goal setting or our end of the year review. Not that it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but that um, at at least you kind of get to dive into what we do. Um, I know for me where I start is evaluating my last year. And 2019 was a great year. Uh, An awesome year. Great year. That was beautiful. Beautiful. And a way to really appreciate the moments of the year uh, that came right before it is looking at your telephone mm. and looking through your camera roll, looking at all the pictures, all the things you've done through the year. Um, it's so fun. I sat in bed one night and I was like, oh my gosh, do you remember this? Do you remember this? And something that's also fun about that experience is I'm a terrible picture taker, like in events, in big moments, I never think to like grab my phone. I always take it out like at stupid moments where it doesn't really matter. I'm like, yeah, I'll take a picture of this glass of wine. Yeah. Um, and so remembering too, even if you don't have photos of all the big moments in 2019, that the moments that maybe were most profound to all of us were the ones where we weren't, With we didn't, phone. yeah, we right. didn't have our cell phones. I mean, we weren't taking pictures. We were being present and sharing moments with people and uh, making memories. That's awesome. That was really fun when you did that. I remember because a lot of stuff, stuff can kind of blend together. You wonder, Oh, is that 2017, 2018? So when you're sitting there doing that, it's like, Whoa, we did that. That's cool. Oh, we had that party or we had that event. That's awesome. So that was really fun. It's fun to take. If you want to get better, it's good to take inventory of what you did last year. So you can kind of figure out what worked, what happened and either keep the good and get rid of the bad. that's, that's a huge, great exercise that you did. Kelsey's really, you're really good at that kind of stuff of like reflecting and checking out pictures and figuring out what you want to do. Well, I think you said it just right. It's like it is taking an inventory. If you're going to make any goal or resolution, you have to like know where you're at and where you came from. Otherwise, where where are you headed and how are you going to get there? And recognizing your pitfalls or weaknesses or strengths uh, and things that you want to stick with in the next year is really important. So an inventory is key. Inventory. Just like we good. do at the beginning of a yoga class. That's right. Take an inventory. Check in with how you feel. Yeah. That's beautiful. Support it. I like it. So another thing I focus on um, as I evaluate, I go through my camera roll, which I get a lot of joy out of. It's so fun. <laughs> and then the second thing is I really take an in-depth look at 
um, my year and the things that made me most happy or made me most fulfilled. And I just start writing things down of like things that gave me the most joy, people that provided the most fulfillment to me, those sorts of things. So I know for me, one of my big things is spending quality time Mm -hmm. with quality people. (laughs) And Aaron and I try to make an effort, I'd say pretty consistently to spend time with people that we're closest with and whom we trust and respect and admire. It's what we try to do. People that fill your bucket, that make you like lift you up. So that great quote is you are the five people you spend the most time with. So take an inventory. There's that word again. Take an yeah. inventory of who you spend time with and how do you feel when they call you? Do they, are you like, oh, I'm excited to talk to this person. It's like, oh, shit, I got to talk to Carl or whoever. No, <laughs> no offense to any Carl out there, but that's, that's kind of a good thing to do is to take inventory of who you spend time with. Yeah. And do they lift you up? The more people that lift you up, the better you'll be. Yeah. I know some other things that I wrote down on my list were um, traveling, anything associated with soul vibe. Oh yeah. I did cooking. I've been doing a lot of cooking this year and that's so enjoyable to me. It's like very satisfying to like create something and it turn out to be good and it benefit you in a healthful way. It benefits me. I love it. I love to eat. So and not to mention how healthy it is. You see where the food's coming from. You see what it looks like. You're not going to McDonald's. You're not going to Burger King or anywhere like that. It's good quality time together, like you said. She puts me, I'm a good sous chef. She puts me in charge of the onions, and then I have my glasses on so I don't cry. So that's, it's a good bonding team thing. Aaron wears some really sexy glasses that he's had since 1904. Pretty close tonight. I mean, I wasn't quite, I mean, (laughs) give or take a couple decades. But they are about 20, no, I think they're 18 years old. They are as thick as, I don't know, a soda pop can. Those things are sweet. They're thicker than that. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. (laughs) <laughs> so I wear those glasses when I'm chopping onions to protect my my eyeballs. Second portion or third portion of the inventory is uh, things that didn't fulfill you, that mm-hmm. didn't make you happy. And sometimes that's a hard thing to kind of work through. Maybe it's specific people. Maybe there's people in your life that like drain you, suck the life out of you. I think we all like experience those people in our world where it, you just kind of like take a deep breath and mm-hmm. wish for the best and recognizing that there very well may be people in your life that don't have to be your besties, right. you know? And you don't have to be mean. You don't have to be mean. To, I think you should be kind to everybody. You don't have to be mean and say, you suck. I'm never talking to you again. But just kind of take an inventory and maybe set boundaries. Spend more time with the people that lift you up and the people that are more toxic and kind of slow you down. I mean, maybe... You don't ask them to do as much stuff or you don't, you know, it's good to take an inventory of who you spend time with, for sure. Well, I was listening to um, something, I can't remember what it was. I think it was Ed Maylett on some other podcast and he was talking about, and I so deeply believe in this, I like feel so strongly about this, that you should not hang out with people that like just accept you for who you are. Yeah. Like, you're fine. Um, and I believe so strongly in that, that like the people that you are with and hold the, that you hold near and dear to your heart should be challenging you constantly. They should love and adore you for who you are, but they should want you to be more and want you to be better. Right. And the people that are making you feel stagnant, 
Um, Maybe you're making changes in your life. Maybe you're working out more. Maybe you're eating better. Maybe you're diving into more self-help, whatever it is. If they're not there rooting rooting you on, like, they're not the people for you. Like. That's exactly so. That was Ed Milet. That was on his. I think it was his New Year's podcast that he said that. That you should have people that they're happy for you. They love you, but because they love you so much, they don't want to see. I mean, if you're, you don't want the person that you're sitting there drunk all the time and they're saying, "Oh, it's fine. I love you exactly how you are." You want the person that's like, "Hey, listen. Maybe you're overdoing it. Maybe you're. This isn't you. You can do better. That's who. That's how you get better. Is having people like that around that love you for who you, how you are, of course." But they know they you they expect more out of you because you expect more out of yourself. Those are the people that you need to keep around. The key to setting, in my mind, goals or resolutions is a little something I call logical reasoning. Oh. <laughs> if then. If then. Yeah. If you want something, then you have to do this. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. And if you evaluate every action in your life, if you want to lose weight then don't eat crap. Don't eat donuts. (laughs) Right? And that's a very basic thing. But if I want to work out more, then I have to go to sleep at this time. If I want a journal, I have to buy a journal and buy a pen and do it. You do? (laughs) You know? Um, Step two. I don't know if these are steps. This is just what I was thinking about as I was, you know, evaluating my year, evaluating what goals I wanted to set for myself. Um. Dream big, but uh, act small. I think that's important. Uh, Mm. We are really hard on ourselves. Mm. And we don't need any additional opportunities to let ourselves down. And that's what we'll do if we set goals that are, I want to run a marathon in six weeks, even though I've never put on a pair of tennis (laughs) shoes in my life. You know, not that it's impossible, but why... Why, like, harm yourself or Mm. force yourself to fail at something that you will? So dream big, act Act small. small. Focus on small changes you can make in your life, like non-negotiable items every day. So every day, I want to eat better. I want to lose weight. So every day, I'm going to move for 30 minutes. Every day, I'm going to drink 64 ounces of water. Every day, I'm going to get eight hours of sleep. Those are basic easy steps to achieving positive big goals don't get so focused on like this huge idea of i have to accomplish this thing and if it doesn't happen next week i have failed at life Mm -hmm. and to kind of jump on that casey madsen told me about a book so atomic habits that's great so it's habits at the atom level it's exactly what you're saying small habits that build up because they it's like compound interest they you start small over time, they build up. So his thing is the habit loop. So it's cue, craving, response, reward. So a cue, say if you're a smoker, for a smoker, the cue maybe is the smell or a cigarette. That cues up in their brain. All of a sudden, they have a craving. They crave that feeling. The response is they go grab a cigarette. Reward is it. They get that relief. So I mean, that's that's the that's how you build a habit. Is start small. You do if you want to break a habit like smoking. What's your cue? Okay, a cigarette. You see a cigarette. You have a craving and then your response to it, that boom right there, that's the spot you need to be mindful of. The response is maybe you grab a, get a sip of water or do something totally different. And that's way oversimplifying it. But that's, that's kind of the guy's point is if you can notice your triggers, notice the cues that kind of set you into maybe overeating. So if you're stressed mm-hmm. out, you overeat. If you're stressed, you grab a cigarette. If you can feel that, 
if you can recognize in your brain the craving part, you're getting a craving, okay, I'm craving something. If you can change that into something ha- positive, is instead of, hey, going to go smoke, I'm going to go for a run. Or, hey, going to mm-hmm. eat a donut, I'm going to go for a run. That I summarized that book very much, but that his habit loop was huge. So good job, Casey. Thank you, Casey, for give, let me or tell me about that book. The guy's also on a bunch of podcasts, too. James Clear is great. Along with taking an inventory of the entire last year or an inventory of where you want to be at the end of 2020, I think a easy practice, well, it's not actually easy. It's actually very hard and I, I have a difficult time doing it, but I've been, that is one of my goals and one of the things I want to focus on this year is journaling on a regular and consistent basis. Oh, yeah. And that's a perfect mm-hmm. opportunity to do a daily inventory I think we go through the motions so much in our day. Like, I think there's some statistic that, like, the vast majority of our thoughts... 82%. Yeah, are, like, on repeat. Like, we have Mm -hmm. a very low percentage of new thoughts every day. And so focusing on changing our thoughts or shifting our mindset can be more difficult than you actually, like, think. Mm -hmm. And a way to focus on that is actually taking a written inventory of your day and there is difficulty in journaling and like I was saying this to Aaron the other day that I like judge I'll I'll journal and I'm like judging myself for what I'm writing as if someone else is gonna see it maybe they will maybe they'll sneak to my house and read my journal but (laughs) or when you're famous it'll probably get published (laughs) seriously so so I'll be writing in my journal and I'll like hesitate and I'll be like, oh, I'm not going to write that because that that's stupid or whatever. And, it's your own journal. Right. It's my own journal. But then it's a good recognition of like the things I do in a daily that I don't even recognize that I probably have these internal like stop signs that I don't even recognize, but I've been recognizing via writing in my journal. Yeah, that's great. And that is such a good habit. I, you know, we did that 75 to thrive thing with the journaling. I will make, I will call myself out here. I think I did it four times and I was like, I don't really feel like doing this. And I, which is terrible. I can't believe I, I shouldn't even admit that because that was, that was our thing. But I will make fun of myself because I did it a few times and I was like, because all I was doing is just writing goal, boom. It just kind of seemed like, I don't know, it just seemed silly. But then I listened to the Dave Hollis on Rise, Rise Together podcast. And he was talking about journaling. And he was saying how he went to like a secluded retreat in Arizona and he sat on a rock and he was kind of like, this is kind of goofy, but he just was sitting in the first 20 minutes he's writing like, I'm on a rock. Why am I sitting on I mean, it was almost comic. It was like whatever is in his conscience, whatever he was thinking, it was like stream of conscious, just write it down and just see where it takes you. And he's, it was hilarious at first. And then all of a sudden he's like, after about 20 minutes, he got into the subconscious and started writing stuff down like, why am well? Why am I making fun of myself for journaling? What are my preconceived notions about? It? So then he, he just kept digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And by the end, it's like, well, when I was eight years old, I got. I was like, whoa, that's. So I've been trying to do that. Is just take an inventory, of the, inventory again, inventory of the day, write it down. Because I've already done it in twenty twenty. I think I've done eight or nine entries, and that whole that whole seventy five to thrive. I did four and I quit. So they're just trying to. I was calling myself out because I'm like, listen, I people that don't show up to class, I call them skippers. We had a we had a seventy five to thrive. The people are supposed to journal. I did it a few times, and I then I quit. 
So I, if I'm going to call other people out, guess what? I better not suck, you know? So for your daily inventory in the journal, similarly to, as I talked about before, in, taking an evaluation of what brought me joy, what didn't bring me joy, uh, it also makes you recognize things you're doing and your responses to them. Mm-hmm. So um, we're pretty intentional about like when we go to sleep, whatever. I've been trying to be hyper like aware of when I drink wine. How does it make me feel? Yeah. What? How long did it take me to fall asleep? Like and writing those sorts of things down because sometimes we just do things not thinking that there's any impact on the next day. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been focusing weekly on I bought a, a journal and then I bought a calendar that I'm handwriting in, which I think is just like there's something therapeutic about writing things in and having yeah. cool pens to write them with. She likes the pens, yeah. Um, the, to having different themes for the week. And, you know, as we start January, some of my themes, I think the first week I did fuel your body. So one of my weaknesses is desserts. I love ice cream. and um, But I want to continue to limit sugars and sweets and those sorts of things and so every day I thought about like I opened the calendar when I journaled I put that at the top of the journal so every day every time I took a bite of food I was like does this feel my body Mm -hmm. um and so it just forces you to like focus on something like what no matter what it is and then another thing was like uh, I can't remember how I worded it but something about like how can I benefit tomorrow so doing something today that's going to make tomorrow easier or better. Yeah. Um, so, okay, I'm going to throw another load of laundry in. Okay, I'm going to put my workout clothes next to my bed so I don't have to worry about choosing what I'm going to wear in the morning. Uh, things like that. And, and it, that's been, I'd say, pretty good so far. Well, that's great. And you're, Kelsey is so good at that kind of stuff. You're so good at the journaling and the, like the planning for the year. And someone, I'll give this tip out. Nicole Sears, she gave me theme for the year. She said sometimes it's easy to get off track, but if you have a theme for a year or a mantra, then you can always kind of reset. So mine this year is shark mindset, trying to always think like a shark. Would a shark complain? No. So if you have a goal you want, you have to go get after it and go get it. So yours is theme for the week because you're you're very good at breaking it down. I'm going to try to adopt that. But theme for the year, I love that kind of starting there. Starting from the top and then working all your goals down from that that's huge so as we close this up and close up 2019 oh yeah what is your biggest takeaway from 2019 biggest takeaway from 2019 that's that's huge let's see um you can't make you can't make everyone happy you have to you know you sometimes people aren't going to like what you do but you have to do you I and mean, that's the thing is you can't if you live for other people, then you end up not living what you want to do. Or if you're worried about what other people think, anyone that says they're not worried about what other people think is full of it, I think. Because if you were not worried about what anyone else thought, you'd walk around in boxers. Yeah, you wouldn't have to say it or you walk around in your boxers. You wouldn't dress in Lululemon. You wouldn't. So uh, that's my huge thing is just being as true to myself as I can be and not trying to please the other people. Because I'm... I'm friendly to people. I like to make everyone happy, but sometimes you can't make other people happy. Sometimes they have to figure out their own journey for themselves. So that's that's a good takeaway. Yeah. I'd say my takeaway for 2019, maybe my I shouldn't say takeaway, but maybe my greatest 
lesson and continued lesson, because I haven't mastered it, that's for sure, is uh, control what you can control. Oh, yeah. Um, you point. just recognize that we're all just doing the best we can, you know, um, and everyone's living their own life, focusing on their own life and rationalizing the decisions they make. And they may be perfect, rational, kind, and good. And to another person, they may have a very large question mark, confused faced emoji, you yeah. know. Um, but if you recognize that, you know, any issue I have with what someone else does is only my own problem. Mm -hmm. I have to get over it. And so that's a lesson that I continue to work on. Control what you can control. That's great. Control what you can control. That's right. Happy 2020. Keep those habits rolling. Yay.